everybody. Welcome to the Connecticut Show. This is Travis Poppleton. And this is Terrence Abney, who was very confused at whether I said the right thing or not. You were you were not expecting me to actually start the show. That was very apparent. Yes. Uh, each week, listeners, we uh, take a new look at New England. Terrence and I are both transplants. A new look at New England. And uh, If you look on our website, it says that on there, for those of you who don't know that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And maybe this is a callback to a previous episode where we've had this conversation before. And, no, uh, and no, no. Forgotten it. I think before we get started, um, a couple things. Happy Father's Day. This is, uh, for some of us, it's Sunday. Uh, for those of you listening on the radio, you're driving somewhere, getting a sandwich, out gardening, whatever you're doing, I hope you are having... Um, some connection with some dad somewhere, and I don't don't know how broad that that statement needs to be, but it is a Father's Day, and and hopefully, at the very least, it's a nice Sunday and a nice afternoon. New England related fact, not really a New England related fact, but I did learn this in New England at the Temptations play, which was at the Bushnell in Hartford last two weeks ago. How was it? It the Temptations play "Ain't Too Proud of the Bag" is really good. Okay, it was really good. I, 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 me and my wife thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Papa was a Rolling Stone, you know, doo doo, doo doo. Papa was a Rolling Stone. You know that song? Everyone knows that song. Okay. Yeah. You, no, you know, I like, wanted you know, to. No, I wanted look, to see how far you would go oh, with it. I was, I was gonna, gonna sing make the whole you thing. The whole, but yeah. I looked in your eyes, and your eyes didn't tell me you wanted to hear it, so I stopped. Oh no, I wanted to hear it, but. Keep going. But um, <laughs> that song, when it was given to the Temptations, they did not like it. They were like, don't like the song. They have a bit in there about him asking the writer, like, I'm supposed to say this. The 3rd of September, my daddy died. I'm to, this is what I'm supposed to say. And they talk about singing the song and, in the in the play, they're singing it like with that with a clear disdain for the song, and turns out, of course, that was like their fourth or fifth number one hit. They won a Grammy, and then of course, in the play, they go back and the next thing they're smiling, singing it. Papa was a Rolling Stone because right. hey, when it makes you money and gets you Grammys, it, it doesn't seem to sound as bad as it does when you when you first start recording. So that's a tidbit for you all that I learned in New England. Bushnell shout out. They have some great events there. And I think that was my second time being there, so really and thoroughly enjoyed it. They do they do put on a good show. They absolutely put a good show on. The Bushnell uh, you know the who would be amazing there. Bon Bon Vivant, who let us in. Yes. Shout out Bon Bon Vivant. We are back outside. I want to come back to the temptations here in just a minute. That was the smoothest things. transition you ever made in your life, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Two things to cover. One, we're back outside, just like on the 20th episode or possibly 25th, depending on how you're counting. Um, the bugs are just as big. Last time we did the show outside, I had like vampire marks like all the way up my leg. It was one of the most grotesque um, outside bug experiences ever. This time we're both up to the, the ankles and the wrists in hoodies and, and attire. Uh, I hope that helps. I told you to get the bug spray, Travis. The second thing, we got our first FCC warning. And we just wanted to apologize, listeners. We we didn't know. Well, I didn't know. 
Uh, I don't mean to make this about you necessarily, Terrence, but I do want to say if you were listening on the radio last week and there was a little flub, uh, I apologize because I even went back and re-listened to the show before it aired and did not catch a swear word um, that made it into the show. So I did want to apologize on behalf of the Connecticut show. It was kind of interesting to get our first FCC warning. You're not allowed to swear unless it's after 11 o'clock on the radio. And then after 11 o'clock, um, you're allowed to say, I think, anything you want. Uh, well, that's not true. There's a difference between profanity and... Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, there's like a, like a different form of language you're just not allowed to use. I can't remember the word. But the point is... Hopefully it's racist, sexist, anti... I think it is. I think it's like the aggressive uh, yeah. version of the words. But I can't think of, if, you, if you're if you listening and thinking of it, tell you what, info at Connecticut Show, send us an email, tell me what the word is I'm not thinking of. Um, no, but it might be profane. Like if it's profane, you profane. can't use it. But if it's, God knows. You what word a, was used last week? What did we get in trouble for? Um, do you want me to read it? What word was said? Uh, that's oh. What in the... What's saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, I could tell you. I so. already know. I already know. Listeners, I do apologize. I do remember flubbing a word. So my apologies for, especially if you have kids listening. I don't want my kids saying those words, and I definitely don't want yours saying it. And I, most of all, don't want you saying the Connecticut show taught your kids some profane language about New England. I, I want to read this. This is the letter we got because of Terrence's. Um, just absolutely inexcusable one word that he said. Um, from broadcasting, content containing profanity between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. is not allowed. Profanity is defined by the FCC as grossly offensive language that is considered a public nuisance. That's a bit harsh. I mean, I wouldn't call you a public nuisance. I had to take a poop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't even remember. So here's the thing. I listened to the show. I went back and re-listened to the show and I don't know if I just like stopped listening when it came up, but I do listeners, I'm really sorry. I should have caught it. Um Terrence was being grossly offensive and a public nuisance and I don't know how I missed it. Minister to society. <laughs> Just like the movie. Uh, I will say uh, WHUS was so kind about it. They were like, listen, uh, quote, this definition is somewhat vague and the use of the word, and then it, it lists the, the offensive word that we used, uh, is considered profane by the FCC and its uses outside of safe harbor hours poses the risk of WHUS broadcast license being revoked, but... The rule is not ref reflective of the beliefs of WHUS staff. So that was really nice. They were like, look, it's not something we care about, but it's something we have to uh, abide by. Oh, yeah. That, well, they, they care about it because they like having the radio station. Yeah. And that's more than fair. That's more than fair. Yes. It, it was new. It was new to us. We never, we've never had a violation. So high five, first violation. Sorry, Dad. In the in names of Father's Day. And what? Talk Sorry, about Mom. Talk about fine transitions. Uh, moving into Father's Day. Um, how how are you spending today? Because today is Sunday. It's not it's not Thursday night in in the in the forest. 
It's I'll be doing Sunday some work. Studio. Yeah. I'll be doing some work. I will likely be in the yard and I will likely be finishing up some work from my actual J-O-B. Just trying to get some stuff done before this fiscal year closes out, baby. Fiscal years, man. I know. It's usually it's usually where a lot of work lumps on uh, on dads. Yeah. Fiscal year. June thirtieth, you all. June thirtieth. Uh, also, Terrence, happy uh, Juneteenth. Amen. That's uh, that's tomorrow. Actually, it was it was the nineteenth, but we're, most people are celebrating it Monday. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is Monday. Is Monday the nineteenth? Yes. Oh well, kind of backtrack. Well, let, let let's let's check it out. I felt like Juneteenth was actually Friday, so we missed it because it's Sunday now. No, nope, we not missed. Oh it. no, no, Saturday. It was yesterday. It's now Sunday, and then tomorrow most people um, have it off if they are, you know, if their workplace um, recognizes that. I've Is that it, correct? I've had it off for several years now, so I. Didn't. <laughs> I don't even know if we have it off or not. I know I was not going to work regardless. So what what date is it? It is the 19th. It is the 19th. The 19th is on a Monday. This is how rumors get started. Somehow I heard that it was not a Monday, but we were celebrating it on Monday. Um, So two two big things. Who told you that? Uh, Someone. 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 I don't know. Yeah. It's June the 19th every year. The... It's a federal holiday now, commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. Can you please go back and edit me stuttering, commemorating the I, three times? I probably won't do that. I appreciate you, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> um, on a side note, Connecticut Show is hiring an editor. A new editor, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one that does not miss profanity <laughs> and will go back and um, and edit out stutters. Yep. The Robin is named from the from combining June and 19th. It is celebrated on the anniversary of the order issued by Major General Gordon Granger on June 19th, 1865, proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas, originating in Galveston. So that's why it's, that's why it's actually so big in Texas. It's been huge in Texas for years and years. So like it's been more recent years actually that it's become more popular in the u.s overall but i think people in that part of texas have been celebrating it for again this was a thing for them uh i don't think it was like this from my understanding it was always like a oh it's juneteenth let's pull out the grill let's do a little something to celebrate there were some festivals and things like that uh but i mean some people some towns here are doing doing a lot and i appreciate it so you know, if you're out and about, wherever town you're in, go go hit up a celebration. I'm not advertising one specifically because I don't know what's going on, but go hit one up. It was it was it generally considered a state holiday until recently? Right, no, no, it hasn't been a state holiday. Like this is my job's first year. This I think this is actually the state's first year actually fully recognizing it. When I say state, though, I mean. Um... Texas like was Texas celebrating it as a state holiday and it's now become a federal celebration I thought black people were celebrating it as a holiday in Texas I never heard of Texas celebrating overall that's a very good question I, very I good think question. The, the politics in Texas are tricky to a lot of people it would probably be surprising 
it is maybe the reason I'm asking right now is yeah. it would be surprising if Texas as but a Houston's, state. But I can see Houston with, their, with the population there. Uh, maybe Houston did shut it down on Juneteenth. I don't know. Because you're saying Houston is, is something of a different town than maybe mainstream Texas? Houston, well, I'm just saying Houston has a, well, Texas had a lot of black people, but Houston is has a fairly large black population. Yeah, but we wouldn't call that the dirty south, right, Terrence? I would. Oh, you would? Yes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Fair Inside enough. jokes are great. <laughs> All right, so moving back, um, happy Father's Day, happy Juneteenth, everyone. Um, Terrence, you calling your father? Um, will that be something you do? I won't call my father, but I'm pretty sure my father's going to be working. Happy Father's Day, Steve, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be working because he works like every seven days a week now. Do you call your father Steve? Yes. That's when, his name. When did that start? When did you start calling your dad Steve? When I was born, I was like, hey there, Steve. Steve. Steve, <laughs> always. Fine job, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for helping me out there. <laughs> uh, Steve, I don't think I deserve <laughs> this cut in my allowance. You, you've called your father Steve his whole life? Yes. My whole life, not his whole life. Well, no, of course. Um, I I don't know that I've ever called my dad by his first name. What's your dad's first name? Merlin. <laughs> I know you said. <laughs> Hold up. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like at this this point, am I supposed to be offended? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what <laughs> so, happens here. No, your dad. <laughs> your dad's name is Merlin for real. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that name. It's, it's, uh, I'm so sorry. Travis, dad, if you listen, Mr. Merlin or Mr. Poppleton, I'm sorry. But that is a beautiful name. It doesn't remind me of wizardry or, or tables and round tables and swords at all. No, I, I think he's actually quite fond of the fact that it does make people think of that. Um, I'm not sure how he got that name. It's actually spelled with a Y. Um, that, that makes the story so much better. But I've never, and this is this is true. I've never had someone laugh out loud when I've said his name, and like I, I truly don't know how I'm supposed to. I apologize, Travis. That is not cool. I, your, I, dad, your dad raised a fine young man, and <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I, and I, I don't know what I was expecting, but Merlin, you said it so confidently too, like that. I have to go back. Well, and I feel like you. I apologize because you clearly didn't think I was gonna laugh at it because you said it in a confident way. Did I? Yes. It's hard to know. Well, let's play this back. Ask. I'm gonna act like my dad's name is Merlin, and I'm gonna tell you how I would have started that. Okay. So, uh, so Terrence, what's what's your dad's first name? So, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but true story. My dad's name is Merlin. It's Merlin. That's how I would have said be. it. <laughs> I was supposed to lead in with that. Huh? We we just have different, you know, we're, again, this is going back. We're, we're both transplants. Travis is from Southern Cal and from a different what, uh, oh, what, Irish upbringing, Irish culture. So upbringing. so I've I've grown up with my with my dad being Merlin, so it's not weird to me. However, occasionally when I say it, like I understand that it's maybe slightly unusual. Um, and I don't know that I've ever met another Merlin in my lifetime. But still, like, 
it wasn't uncommon to me because I, I heard it enough. People would call him by his first name. The kids wouldn't. Um, but yeah, no, like I never thought it was that. We had a we had a kid of the... we, we had a one we had a kid in the neighborhood whose name was Dad. Oh, excuse me, whose name was Oscar, and we and our friends picked it that. So it, it's probably it's probably me. It's not you, Oscar. Yeah. And Oscar is not that far off. No, that's I mean, a fine it's, it's statue. Oscar the Grout, yeah, no. and all those things. But you know, I am a hundred percent sure they would have had things to say about Merlin. Maybe not though. You know, I've grown and I'm showing my immaturity. That's... You know, it's interesting because um, <laughs> his father and I would say his father's father were like very black and white men, right? Like they were um, multi-race. No. No, they were not. They were, but they were very like traditional. This is what a man does. This is what a, a woman does, and um, very much embraced masculinity. I wonder where Merlin came from. Not that it's not a masculine name, exactly. Exactly. It's just knowing my father's parents. I wouldn't have guessed that they would have ever named their kids Merlin. So now I'm actually curious where it comes from. Um, I mean. We know where it comes from. It, it comes from the wizard. It's even spelled like the wizard's name, right? But these, my, I promise you, my grandparents were not playing D and D. You know, like <laughs> they, they weren't going to ren fairs. They didn't this cast is, spells. They were not casting spells. This is not who they were. So this is the first time I'm wondering, like, where, where did that influence come from? Because, because his brother, his brother's name is Max. Like, just straight up. Man, Maximilian, man. just Max, or just Max, just Max. Um, pretty easy name to spell when you're coming up. Maximilian is because you're trouble. Sure, sure. Anyway, well, there we go. There's uh, so that's yeah, that's my dad's name. Are you calling your dad for Father's Day? Um, maybe who knows these things? Yeah, who knows these things? I don't know. I, I, I thought you might know because <laughs> here's, you know. here's one thing about my dad. I'll tell you. Um, my dad is a very, my dad is very peculiar in his rules. So he has a, a codified set of things that he believes. Right. And and he would teach us. He would teach the kids these rules, and he called them. They called these rules the Poppleton School of Success. And within, like, when our friends would come over, he would sit them down and be like, "Let me tell you, this is from the Poppleton School of Success." And then he would give one of his <laughs> like one of his own individual rules. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool. One of his things that he hates is that people call him on Father's Day because it's a it's a coerced behavior. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you didn't call me 364 of the other days. But because someone's asked you to, you're calling me. That that to him, by the way, that's a mosquito casualty there, <laughs> that little slap. Um, to him, calling on Father's Day, it's almost insulting, right? Like, you didn't call me the rest of the year. Why are you calling me on this day? I feel his pain on that. I can, I can see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, can, so, I can understand. Way, I can understand where he's coming from. But <laughs> off stage, off stage, Terrence has like this bug spray, and he, he is like the bugs aren't know. bothering me. <laughs> There's just you might be hearing this spritzer kind of psh out, and that's Terrence trying to save us um, from the I'm creating, population I'm creating of the mosquitoes. Veil of eucalyptus and. Uh, and other and, and wizardry, yeah, and wizardry, yeah. In the name of Merlin, 
In the name of Merlin, we revoke all all mosquitoes. Does your dad listen to this podcast? No. If so I don't think so. I would be surprised if he did. Uh, he's gonna listen to this episode. He's gonna be very happy we gave him these shout outs. Absolutely. Um, I do know that you should call him the today. Sorry for interrupting, but you should call him today then and say, hey, I don't want to wish you happy Father's Day, but I was just talking about your name. Yeah. And somebody laughed at it. I, A, want to know, are you offended they laughed at your name? And B, where did you get the name Merlin from? And then just give a disclaimer. I think your dad, I mean, I think your name is fine, dad. I love it. But I just want to know, <laughs> how did you get the name Merlin? So um, I, I'm something of a geek. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, just, it like doesn't even, it doesn't even occur to me that that's a weird name. Um, so I got nothing on that. Yeah. Like it just—it's not something that that resonates with me as strange until someone points out that it's strange, and then I think, oh yeah, I guess that's a little out of the, uh, hey, out of the blue. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah. Let's let's set the record straight. Uh-huh. Let the records reflect. Sure. Terrence never said the name was strange. I simply laughed when you said Merlin. Well, it was hard to hear if you thought his name was strange because your actions spoke so much louder than your words. So I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> that I had to wait for you to actually say that. And uh, just so you know, Terrence is like off, <laughs> off mic right now, unable to speak. So uh, I guess we'll keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, All right. Well, here. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should I'm talk a- about Steve. <laughs> See, I'm laughing at Steve too. Steve's pretty good. So what's what I love about Steve, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move in here a little bit. The name Steve is used um, often as a as a comic relief. Like I remember, um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Flight of the Concords. Have you heard of that no. HBO show about two New Zealanders coming to the states and trying to start a um, a band? And one of their raps is mm-hmm. about. Um, I think it's about hurt feelings that rappers have. Maybe. I can't remember. But the point is, right? Um, there's this little, little lyric in it where they were like, who told you that? Was it Steve? You know? Like, Steve is just kind of this go-to name. And um, did uh, did your dad like his name? Was was, is, was Steve a power name while we're, we're talking manly names? So, funny thing... Um, he's fine with his name. He likes he he likes his name, and Steve actually means victorious or crown. You looked that so, up. So, I knew that before. You looked that up. Oh no, I'm looking at the meaning <laughs> of another name right now. To be fair, fair enough. All right, so go ahead. Um, so it means crown. That's powerful. That's yes. yeah, sure. It's also a little medieval. Did he play D and D at all? No, no. I doubt if he would know what D and D is. You probably be like, is that Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I think Steve and Merlin would get along fine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Merlin means sea fortress. Sure, that makes a lot it's of sense. It's a gender neutral name of Welsh origin. Gender neutral? Mm-hmm. Would it be weird to have a woman in your life named Merlin? I mean, weird is not the right word. I mean, sure, but like, it would be unusual. I've, I've never heard the name Merlin used in a feminine way. Yeah. I don't know, but it accomplishes the goals of strength and embodying the water baby spirit simultaneously. Baby spirits are important, Terrence. I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yes, I need to stop um, picking at your daddy's name. Hey, if any of you want to know your daddy name's meeting, 
<laughs> Let us know. We'll look it up for you. And we'll talk about it on the show. We can Google it for you, or you can Google it. And for Travis you. promises not to laugh because he hasn't laughed at any of this. Because I feel like Travis is going to want to fight me after this show. I, I I couldn't care less. Like when you when you laughed, I thought, "Am I supposed to be offended? Like, what's the natural recourse?" But I really don't I, care. I, I, I think I was laughing more out of surprise, and then when I got ready to respond, <laughs> I, I just started laughing because I was like, well, what am I responding to? Because I could see in your face you were for real, but my, <laughs> my, my, my question was going to be like, oh, you for real? It's like, it's Merlin, and um, I apologize. Travis, I, I, I have a, a general agape for you, my friend, so... That's cool. I have no idea what agape means. What's agape mean, Terrence? Uh, love, more or less. Oh, it's well, like there you go. overwhelming. It's just like the just loving people for the heck of it. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. So far, no conversation about New England yet. Love you too, Merlin. Yeah. Steve, hope to meet you one day. You sound like a good guy. I gotta bring him up here next time he comes up. Let me know. Coming up. Speaking of, all right. I was gonna try another great transition, but it's a little wonky. Um, you were just at an HBCU convention. What does that mean, Travis? That's a historical black um, college or university. Ooh. And you were at a, was it a convention? Like, was it a, <clears throat> t- tell us about that, because it was at Duncan, Duncan Donuts, Donuts to Stadium. Yes. And uh, Terrence, have we ever talked about Duncan here? Have we ever talked about the religion that is Duncan Donuts? You know what? Do we have not, but... That is a great point. I just say that because it is not. There is not another. The Krispy Kreme doesn't exist here. It's at Mohegan Sun. Yeah, it's. It there's it's, one in New York and there's one in Mohegan Sun. So there's one here in Connecticut at Krispy Kremes. Okay. Yeah, Krispy Kreme is at Mohegan Sun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's one in New York, which. Yeah, there's there's one in New got. York in Times Square. Right. So like, if you go to Times Square, it's like one of the big attractions is Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, and then same with like Mohegan Sun, if you're going to the casino for a concert or for um, a WNBA game, you're going to you're going to see Duncan, not Duncan, Krispy Kreme's um, front and center. The thing is, when I came here. I maybe knew that Duncan was an East Coast. Brand, right? I just had no idea what it was, though. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything any other franchise, any other company that is on every corner of every neighborhood, of every city in a, in an area in the way that Duncan is. Duncan is as much of this culture. You know, we used to have three. We used to literally have three in stores. In stores. The one it was one you know there's one on the main street on Stores Road. Yeah, I do know that one. There's one in Yukon in the um in the student union, and there used to be one on North Eagleville. There's one in the Four Corners. There is one in the Four Corners. So, so there are. So three I guess it stores. used to be four. Yeah. And if you go another two miles down the street, there was a fifth one, because there's there's one in the next gas station down also. You have to understand, like if you don't, if we've not spoken about this before, you have to understand stores is tiny. We right, live in a is, very small rural town. Yeah. There shouldn't be five of any kind of store. <laughs> there shouldn't be five McDonald's or 7-Elevens. If you have one 7-Eleven, which we don't. Yes, they you, shut you, down. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. That's how small we are. 7-Eleven couldn't sustain their business here. However, 
we have five Dunkin' Donuts, and we are tiny. And they're thriving, apparently. And if you go, and that's the other thing, I wouldn't, having traveled here, consider them quality donuts. I definitely would not consider them quality coffee. So, and I and I imagine if anyone is listening to this right now, this will be the first like actual hate mail that we get. And I don't I don't even drink coffee. Yeah. But I agree. If I had to go a quality, their Krispy Kreme donuts are like significantly better. Oh my goodness. They're, yeah. I mean, which means they might be more heart attack worthy <laughs> because but it I've never had, you know, Krispy Kreme, you can go there, they have the warm donut sign on that you can get get them warm or even if you reheat a Krispy Kreme donut like in a toaster oven or something it's still really good Dunkin Donuts Dunkin you can't donuts. It's, it's just it's it. I, I don't know I they somehow I mean if we're going down this road somehow they come out of the oven stale right like, I was just gonna say this as soon as they're made they are stale that yes. seems to be it's like you know how people when they get peeps around springtime They'll leave it out because they want it to be stale. Like, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a charm to a stale donut here that people are like, ah, I remember I remember waking up to a box of donuts and not getting to it till the next day, and the next day it was better, right? Maybe second-day donuts is part of the, the charm. It, it, it could be. Now, I won't say I still will eat Dunkin' Donuts. My daughter loves Dunkin' Donuts because they're donuts, but I, yeah, we, we, yeah we, we, you need to dig into that more. The Dunkin' Donut culture. It is. It is. To your point, there. It this tiny little town, and we're talking like when students aren't here. It's a different town when, when it's a college town and there's a lot of students. Right. There's a lot more life. I understand that two Dunkin' Donuts would do fine in a university town. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how five are doing fine in a, in a small mom-and-pop town. Like, I just don't. I just don't understand the draw of Dunkin' Donuts. I'm prepared to be educated. If someone understands it, please send us that email or give us a call, and we will absolutely have that conversation with you. Info at Connecticut.show. Send me the email explaining to me, because, like, it's not... I want to be very clear. Me not understanding it does not mean it's not good. Like, there must be a reason that all of New England has got behind this one thing. Right. And it's definitely not, unless I miss it when I go other places or miss it when I travel to my home state or my native state, it's not as big other places. Well, at least not, not in Georgia, not in South Carolina. Uh, I, and I've been to both recently. There's not a Dunkin' at every gas station. Or there's not, they're, they're not around like that. In Southern California, in the, in the little town that I grew up in, a Dunkin' Donuts came in, and it was a big deal because it was an East Coast thing. Mm -hmm. And it was a big deal for, like, three days. <laughs> and then it was just, like, empty. Nobody went to it. Like, California Donuts are what I'm used to, mm -hmm. so it's hard to say they're superior. Uh, maybe they're, maybe maybe it's all just what you know, and it's a, it's a flavored oh, with nostalgia. I think Dunkin' is, it seems like to me Dunkin' Donuts is about the coffee and the, the what, the, they have a, all these other Snapple-like flavor, <laughs> flavored drinks. But I even go there sometimes, at, and they're like, when we're out of donuts, we're out. Like, they're not a donut place. I've been there, like, fairly early, and they're like, oh, no more donuts. And I'm like, are y'all bringing 
Well, Dunkin' has told you we're out of donuts? I've gone there like a, two hours before I closed, literally. And this is a true story. I go there like two hours before closing one time. And was the, so they were not out of donuts. They just didn't have any of the regular donuts I think they would have. They had like a bear claw. They still had a muffin left and things like that. But they didn't have any real donuts. And I was like, are you bringing any more donuts out? Nah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll take this bear claw and go home and be happy. But uh, yeah, you're Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, it, cause I'm like you. Ha- I know you have donuts back there. You can drop. Right. They're like, no. It's it's kind of like the times where you go to like McDonald's and they say well, we don't have any more hamburgers. And it's like, well, can you cook some more? And they're like, nah. do you think they're dropping donuts in the back? I don't think they are. I think they get ordered. Like I think there's like a like a headquarters where they make them and they ship them off because nothing seems fresh there. Nothing seems new. <laughs> they own a stadium here in The avocado toast is pretty good, though. Is it? I've not I, tried I, that. I've had it. It's okay. But now, now that I say that, the avocado, the product is something that's shipped there. All they right. definitely didn't open up an avocado and smear it on the bread. But Dunkin' Donuts Stadium, home of the <laughs> Hartford Yard Goats. First thing, really interesting. Hartford Yard Goats... Maybe get some guff because they're, you know, they're not not major league. They're minor league. They've got a freaking great name. Yes. But my favorite hat. Absolutely, the best logos. They have. Um, they're celebrating like Brazilian heritage um, this week or maybe last week. Those logos, my God, they're like fantastic. I totally want to just go uh, buy all of their their merch during those weeks. That said. Um, the minor league. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge stadium. The first time ever, whatever the MLB home run challenge is, it's never even been in the United States before. Really? Coming to the United States for the first time, they're hosting it at the Yard Goat Stadium, known as the Dunkin' Donut. That's what, you texted me about that, right? I did. <clears throat> I did. It was like in Spain and... Tokyo maybe and like it's coming to it is a major league thing coming to the United States for the first time our free yard goats all right I think that's fantastic I didn't know it was that big of a deal now we have to go I I think like the way that they're like pitching it <laughs> was not intentional um it seems like it's 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 very kind of like an all-star weekend thing where there'll be a lot of major league players there there'll be a lot of activities for everyone that's there and I think that's a week we that's a week we should go and and actually record from there. That That'd said, awesome. that's not why you were there. Correct. I forgot why I was there. You were there. Come on, you were there two weeks ago, right? Yes. All right. Go now on. for the HBCU college fair, and it was more or less a college fair to highlight historically black colleges and universities, specifically to students here in Connecticut. It was sponsored and brought to us by the Legacy Foundation in Hartford, and also Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, which if for the listeners who don't know, Alpha Kappa Alpha is uh, <clears throat> part of the Divine Nine. It is a black sorority. And Travis is pointing at the sky, making me nervous. No, I'm sorry, there are fireflies out. Um, and I do not mean to interrupt what you're talking about because it's super cool, but all of a sudden yes. there are fireflies up at the top of the trees, Lovely. Terrence. Yes. It's that time of I year. I thought he's seen a bat. <laughs> no, we do have lots of bats. We have lots we, of bats. Yes. But that is the first firefly of the year that I saw. 
that's a big thing. That's a big deal. Yes, I, mean, I agree. I, it's it's a magic time for Merlin yes. and I. We we uh, celebrate. Merlin the, probably did. Yeah. He, he, he did <laughs> There's a spell I'm supposed through. to do yes. right now. All right, sorry. Did not mean to interrupt. Yes. Oh no, it was to highlight to highlight the students. So a great event. I actually spoke that morning about just reasons why I chose the college that I went to, Morehouse College. And there were other panelists there. It was um, a student from Howard, a student from Norfolk State. Howard is in Washington, D.C. Norfolk State is in um, Norfolk, Virginia, in the Chesapeake, Virginia Beach area. And somebody from Hampton also, which is also actually in the Chesapeake area in Virginia. Hampton is near um, Newport News and... Again, close to Virginia Beach, but um, good conversations. We were able to highlight our schools and just talk to students about reasons why. And really some of it, I think, was just highlight some of the good things and good good reasons you could have to attend the historically black college and university. Um, one of the things is that they're not, there are none here in Connecticut. Like really, the first HBCU, if you're traveling down 95, is in <clears throat> is in um probably Delaware. And then there and then you start getting Delaware, Maryland, and so like again, because of the nature of most of these schools, most HBCUs that were started like but some before, I wanna say Lincoln University would be the first. Or Lincoln and Cheney had this thing about who was the first, but <clears throat> I think Lincoln University was the first and they and they are in Pennsylvania, and Cheney is also in Pennsylvania, and they're pre-Civil War, and they're a couple pre-Civil War, but a lot, if you look at the dates, were founded in 1866, 1867, which is Morehouse College at Howard. Um, I also think Johnson T. Smith in Charlotte was 1867. So there are these schools that were getting started um, after the Civil War that give free, it would say freedmen, but former, former enslaved people, um, again, access to higher education. And so thus, I think that's why it's really big in the South and some of these Southern states. But in saying that, <clears throat> I think it was great to have it in New England and Connecticut because again, students don't have access. They see UConn, they see they see the Yales, they see Harvard's, which are cool, um, they, UMass, but they don't get to see those other schools. So it's, um, you know, having a chance to like highlight them. They have, they have people representing the schools and they were tabling in the foyer area of the arena and had a financial aid session. So I think it went really well. Um, the students were, were great, asked some dynamic questions. And I actually had a classmate who also presented on this book there. So that was really cool also. Um, so Tim Fields and Shamir, let me get Shamir's last name here so I don't, I don't I don't want to mess this up, but um, the name of the book is Black Flaming's Guide to College Admissions. Which, and, to be clear, with our FCC rules, we are not telling you to go out and buy. We're just yes. uh, mentioning that it exists. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Shereem Herndon Brown, um, they wrote a book about, again, helping families, um, helping, helping families who are looking at having their kids attend college what that looks like and what those what steps to take so i think overall and again we're not advertising the book but they presented on this book 
at the conference and really not even so much the book. They were talking about things that parents and students should be looking at as they prepare to prepare their children for college, regardless of where. But also they did highlight, you know, going to HBCU is not a bad thing. You know, and I think a lot of a lot of the talk was around when you're this age, it's really hard to choose a place you want to be for the next four or five years of your life. And choosing to go somewhere where that gave people opportunities before other colleges would and choosing to go somewhere that maybe your forefathers, foremothers went to is not a bad thing. And that and these and a lot of historically black college universities, although they may have their struggles, they do they do graduate students and put students in graduate school, get students jobs and give students opportunities that may not have had them because of whatever whatever predicament or whatever status they were coming out of high school. So I were, think I think it was great. Were you saying that there are no HBCUs in New England? There are none. None? No. Um, why did they choose then to do the this big conference in New England? That's the reason why. Okay, very specific. Here. Okay. Students... Because if if we they hadn't had it like how would students have access to really learn about it, if, you know it's kind of having the having the schools come up here having the well, schools didn't necessarily come up because it wasn't but there were representatives from schools here talking about and t- too well you know giving information about schools so it's more again, Morgan State, Morgan State was here Johnson C Smith University had a representative. Hampton University had representatives, Howard University, Tuskegee, um, Virginia State. So we, there, were, there were over, I want to say uh, about a dozen schools there that were. Uh, how how successful is that? So they come up. I don't know who they is. I don't know which representatives of which schools um, are. are a lot of it was alumni. That was a cool thing also. A lot of this was alumni who volunteered their time um, because – there was, this wasn't necessarily people from admissions coming up here. I mean, like, this was. Um, I think some some had admissions folks come, but a lot of these, a lot of the people talking about the school were actually alumni who were there, highlighting, highlighting their school, who had some type of training, who had some type of training to talk about and give information about um, their institution. Okay, so so it was. How successful is that? Like, is there is there word on the street that you should come to Dunkin' Donuts Stadium to hear more about uh, different options for your your university path or your higher education path? Like, how how does word even get out? And then how successful is something like that? So I think the Legacy Foundation has, and Legacy Foundation, holler at me if I'm wrong. Uh, we'd love to have you come on here and talk about it more, if you would like. But I learned the Legacy Foundation is a foundation that helps students um, with um, education, access to college. They have classes on Saturdays for students, more something like an enrichment program to help students with um, with different subjects and help them with the applications to college and things of that nature. So they held it, and they actually hosted Tim and uh, oh, sorry, I should say they actually. <clears throat> they actually hosted it and they actually reached out to schools. You got emails, 
sent fillers out to different schools. And so during the day, they actually had different schools who were busing kids over for different sessions. Very cool. So it split up a different sessions. So really, that's that. That was the hook. You know, they email schools, email individuals. So it's two parts. They email. They, you could get an email, and you could come on a bus with your school. And there's also a session to where, for individuals, like my daughter went, and she came up just by herself because her her school didn't go. But um, that's yeah, that's general how all these things go. There's there's a some type of list serve that's sending out the schools, sending out the different people who are interested. I heard about it actually at my reunion at Morehouse because I saw my saw my friend there and he told me he was gonna be in Hartford and then another friend who graduated with us said, Hey, are you going to Dunkin' Donut Stadium for this? And I was like, Oh, that's where it's at and so it all it's it all worked out well. I have never in my life known a person who has networked more easily because of their university affiliation. You seem to find Morehouse people to connect with them immediately to get their phone numbers. Like I was at Morehouse when I heard about it, to be clear. (laughs) I know, know, but like you and I will be walking on the street and you'll be like, Morehouse guy right there. And then, like, we'll be at the Big E, and within, you know, an hour of us being there, you're talking Morehouse with some people. Um, I've never seen a university, um, and maybe I'm just, I'm not hanging out with the Ivy Leaguers enough, or <laughs> whatever that is, but I've never seen university love or culture more open, like, to, to the alum to just suddenly make a connection because we both went to that school. That's one of the things we spoke about at the at the fair actually <laughs> of of how that is. Like and it's not just it's not just me seeing somebody from Morehouse. I could see someone and they went to Howard or Hampton or Tuskegee or you know, Edward Waters down in Jacksonville. And I'm gonna say, hey, you went there? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. It, it's a lot of times it is HBCU love we're showing. Um, just to say, hey, I see you and recognize like that excellence. But also, of course, sometimes we give good jabs. Like, you know, I might see somebody from Howard and I got, you know, they'll be like, oh, Morehouse, huh? Can't tell you anything. Right. Um, it was funny. Howard and Hampton have this little friendly rivalry. And, you know, I, I think a couple of the Hampton grads were giving the Howard the current, the current student that was going to Howard on the panel a, a hard time. Cause they have a thing. They always say, who's the real HU Hampton university or, or Howard university. Um, and you know, so that's, and sometimes the Howard folks will give a jab back saying like, yep, didn't y'all start as how is Hampton Institute. So you're asking who's the real HU you're, aren't you HI? So it's a lot of, it's a lot of friendly rivalries, but a lot, again, a lot of love. And I think, again, it's one of the cool things about going to HBCU because there's a connection there that you don't, again, I don't imagine that BYU sees somebody from, you know, University of Utah and say, hey, we both went to school in Utah. There's And there's that type of love there. I mean, maybe you do if y'all are both here in stores. <laughs> You're like, hey, are you from Utah? Never seen anybody from Utah here, but you know, I think you're right in that point of like, if you see somebody and they have on some paraphernalia or something like that or a connection, you do 
yeah, you're you're all right. We will talk about it. And then specifically, if it's a Morehouse, if it's a Morehouse brother, you know, we, you know, we we are built to to relate, recognize, and let me ask you a rookie question. The H seems very important in HBCU. Could a new HBCU rise up and become? Uh, could could there be a new one? I guess so. Is the you question. could have a predominantly black college right now, and that even now, like with a lot of schools, they have like these designations, like um, HSI is a historic his, Hispanic Serving Institution. UConn's about to be one, so you can have these designations. You can have the population, but it's not really about population. HBCU are actually schools that were founded before a specific date. Uh, All right. And I don't know the date, but to be to have the de- designation of HBCU, you have to be a school that was founded before nineteen. I forgot. I, I don't know the date. The, there's nothing that New England can do to remedy. They won't. They they could they could have a school, but and it could be majority black. But it will be a BCU. It might no. It'll just be a college that has a high black and brown <laughs> it population. Even get it without the age. Yeah, it won't be a yeah, it won't be a BCU, and and the, and I think there is a, there are a lot of misconceptions because I remember even hearing when I was going to Morehouse when I finally made my decision after being accepted to University of South Carolina and some other schools, College of Charleston, some other schools local, of why was I going to a black school, and it was, some people were considered lesser. Now a lot of people were like, "That's an excellent school and very proud of my." choice including my white teachers were like you know that's that's going to be a great place for you the city the school the legacy the school has but um i think it's it's an interesting it's interesting of how some people think about it of like why would you go again that's some of the things we're trying to dispel black does not necessarily mean lesser you know yukon has some of the same problems that Morehouse or Howard might have um, that some of them they might be highlighted in different ways and um, you know money overcomes a lot of things I think that's one of the things like hey these small schools not just black schools small schools in general are struggling because school is so expensive and less kids are going to be going to college so how do you manage that I think it's ho- it's highlighted more when you're with a group that's probably already disenfranchised or disproportionately um, you know, disproportionately disenfranchised. Is that something? <laughs> it's, it, and when I say that, like, these HBCUs were created to give opportunities to people who didn't have opportunities. Again, right. former enslaved people who are coming from, you know, start who are starting 20 steps behind. Under-resourced from the beginning. So that resource in the, you know, again, if I go back to 1867, is, you know, Harvard was founded in 1630-something. They still have 200 years plus a totally different demographic that go there and versus those schools that were possibly made, Yale, Princeton, possibly made for like people who may have a little more privilege or had more privilege there and definitely do now. These schools were created for people who were underprivileged. So there's a, there's a money thing that kind of follows that and I don't, I don't do all the research and anybody if you want to correct me i think you know feel free but i think that's still the challenge of when we talk about 
endowments and things like that those things matter so those those are some of the struggles that schools may have like with the money and upkeep but I think if you go to a lot of these campuses what you will see is you'll see some people who aren't happy just like you will anywhere but you will see at the end of the day a lot of pride and I would dare say like nobody represents more than people than people who are representing for their specific HBCU so and you seen that and that was a cool thing you know here in Hartford Dunkin Donut Stadium you you seen all these people representing and really encouraging students to just you know if this is something you want to do to better yourself think about it inform you and make an informed decision and just know that this is here and the, you know and a big part of it is like regardless of your decision we're going to wrap our arms around you as a community and support whatever decision you make but you know these are options and that you don't get to see here readily in new england in hartford all right terrence it is a gorgeous night it is but fireflies are around it, it started raining a lot of lightning thunder and i i can't think looking up at the clear skies and the stars and the fireflies and the and the wind going through the trees which which kind of died down a little bit a better night to have this conversation so thank you for regaling us um with with a little bit of that history which i did not know and which new england will never be able to remedy <laughs> um also you spoke of uh pride happy pride everyone um this month is a indeed great month for uh for unity and coming together and um do we have, we're up on the hour, any last things uh, that we want to say? Thank you for staying with us, radio listeners and podcast listeners alike. Um, we are going to give a shout out again to Bomb Bomb Vivant. To, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to give a shout out to Dunkin' Donut Stadium. I, I appreciate that they hosted this event. I do not appreciate that they've never written us back. So, <laughs> so we're like on the fence. Uh, you and any, these jokes today. Any sort of these loyalty there? Yeah. Um, 1964. So they have the designation HBCU. You have. You have to be before 1964. Yes. Prize 1964. Shout out, Steve. Happy Father's Day, Steve. And uh, and Merlin, happy Father's Day to you too. Well, I was supposed to say that Merlin, happy Father's Day. I really do mean <laughs> and it. To the dads that are out there. Um, we hope you're having a, a lovely day. And Sam thank, Jones, happy birthday. And Sam Jones. Happy Father's Day, excuse me. Birthday yeah. too. Happy Father's Day. All right, we will uh, we'll wrap this up. Thank you for hanging with us for our 25th or fit, sorry, 21st or possibly 26th episode, depending on who you ask. Um, Bamba Vivant will lead us out for the this Connecticut show, The Connecticut Show. This is Travis Poppleton. And this is Terrence Brent Abney. And uh, thanks for listening. Is Brent as funny as? Or you can laugh at Brent if you. I love the name Brent. I have a lot of friends named Brent. What's wrong with Brent? Just trying to make you feel better. You have you. To-
gonna kiss those lips 